This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Just to give you a heads up, one of us is bound to say something not suitable for little ears. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, November 18th, the vaccinated for the holidays edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's nine, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who's five. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is eight and a half, and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Zach Rosen. I host The Best Advice Show, a very short podcast featuring your best advice. I live in Detroit with my family. My kid, Noah, is four, and my son, Ami, is one. On today's show, we're tackling a bath time showdown. Splish splash, we're apparently screaming through the bath. Then we're chatting with Dr. Syra Madad from Harvard's Belfer Center for Science and International Affairs to answer all our questions about keeping our kids healthy as we gather for the upcoming holidays. On Slate Plus, we're talking about our holiday plans. Join us to find out how we'll be celebrating this year. But first, we're going to kick off the show by sharing a bit about our week in a segment we call Triumphs and Fails. Zach, do you have a triumph or fail for us this week? This kind of transcends the parenting realm, but it is one of the great triumphs of my life, and I'm not really even involved. But my dear friend, Danny Fenster, was just released from jail in Myanmar. He's the journalist who had, who had been, yes, he'd been unlawfully held there for the last 176 days. And finally, through a series of interventions from politicians and the State Department and lay people and the family, uh, they were able to secure his release just in time for Thanksgiving. He is on his way home to Michigan, and it's really one of the best days of my life. A huge That's amazing. Triumph. Yeah, so thanks. Glad it's, to hear it's that. overwhelming and a huge relief. Did you find out today? So we found out on Friday that he was sentenced to 11 years and then on Monday that he was being released. So it was quite wow. quite a roller coaster and no Whoa. Yeah. yeah. And Noah our 4-year-old like knew she would often be like when's Danny getting out of jail and um she sang songs for him and she had a has a t-shirt and she's she's just excited as excited as we are just to make the parenting connection there well that's amazing news impossible to talk but (laughs) yeah what do you got (laughs) it's such a great yeah yeah jamila (laughs) top that (laughs) what do i got what do i got well i was gonna give myself a fail because we were in the school parking lot in the fire lane at nine o'clock this morning doing homework listening to wu-tang clan school definitely starts at 8 (laughs) 20 so that was gonna be a fail no that's but then i decided (laughs) i decided to be that was the next song we listened to I, i decided to be more gentle on myself and i'm going to take a triumph this week because Naima had her first COVID shot. Now, I wasn't there. I didn't schedule it. I can't take direct credit. This was her stepmother. There's two kids, and uh, oftentimes these things are done together. Uh, But I'm just so happy. And reflecting on, like, this entire ordeal since COVID started or since it became a part of our lives, you know, we for so long did so little. We were so restrictive 
Naima hasn't been on a plane in two years because of concerns over, you know, her her not being vaccinated. And so we're going to get to go see our family. We won't be able to travel until January 31st because Naima's performing in a whole bunch of dance recitals, apparently, for Kwanzaa. (laughs) Um, I thought we were going to be able to, like, travel on Christmas and be out there for two weeks. That's not happening. Um, But we're going to go for a week uh, on New Year's Eve. We'll be flying. We'll be at the airport. And we're going to see our family. And I just can't believe that that's happening. And that is absolutely a triumph because there was a period of time where I wondered if I would see both of my parents again or if we would see my sister and my brother-in-law and my nephew. And just really happy to know that not only is the answer yes, but that we have a date and time now. Huge triumph. I Just like the relief from the idea of the vaccine. (laughs) I just when my I cried when my kids got theirs because I was so overwhelmed. Like just with the, it, it, even though it's the first one, like all of those things, it doesn't matter. It felt so so good, and I'm glad she got to go with her brother. I feel like it's I when I took all three, it felt like something they're gonna remember, mm-hmm. and so I think it's kind of nice that they did it together. I think so too. And she said her stepmom, they did it at a Walgreens. She promised them anything in this store, and she's like, <laughs> you know, I could have gotten like. Three packs of gummy worms, if I'd ask. She said anything, you know. She was also very proud of her restraint and asking for something very modest. But just so I know, the offer was on the table. She could have had the whole Walgreens. That's a triumph inside a triumph right there. Exactly, exactly. I love that so much, knowing her own restraint. Well, I am also going to take a triumph for the week um, because this week I asked for, like, a ton of help from from friends. We have had kind of a crazy week. Henry's getting infusions this week and it was supposed to be Thursday and Friday, but due to life, it became Monday, Tuesday. And I also had Oliver signed up to do this homeschool class at the botanical gardens. I typically volunteer at Henry's school, like teaching some kids some things on Monday. So it's something that it's not just like I'm there filing stuff. So if I don't come, some things don't get done. It just, it seemed kind of like insurmountable when, when Thursday, Friday fell through for his infusions, because someone needs to be with him. And luckily Jeff is able to be very flexible with his schedule here to kind of get everything covered. But it was like, how do I meet all these obligations? Of course, I called some stuff off, but I didn't want Oliver to miss out on this thing. And I didn't want Teddy to miss out. And I just reached out to everybody. And of course, everybody said yes. I mean, people even offered things that we didn't need just to make life easier today. We started recording a little bit earlier, just like all those things. And even after I had had it solved, people were like, listen, I can always grab Teddy for a play date or I can do this or we can stay at the school and play till you get done. Like I just was overwhelmed by the amount of help I got this week. And I feel like the success is on everybody else. But so often I I don't ask for help because I feel like I'm burdening other people. It's like, am I taking advantage of this friendship because I'm busy and this is kind of my problem, not their problem. Even little things like one of Henry's little friends like got all his homework, brought it here to him yesterday and made sure he understood how to do the math and then took the homework back. He was worried about all those things and his friends took care of all of that. They came by Mm. on their way to school and picked it up. I just... That is so sweet. um, am blown away by that. So I'm taking it as a triumph, but I'm not other, I mean, I asked for some help, but just a triumph on the community that we have here that have really stepped up to to help us this week. And 
as a result, Henry's had like a very stress-free two days of infusions. In fact, Jeff just texted that he's done and wants to go back to school. So Jeff's taking him back to school for the afternoon. So I, I feel like it's, it's such a, such a good, a good win for us. It is. Elizabeth, that, that is a good win. That is a triumph, but like, that's a reflection of how you operate. So I'm not surprised that people were yep. willing to step up and help you because I can only imagine how helpful you've already been to folks in the community, that you're always creating activities and things for kids to do together that, you know, when it's your turn to be in need of help, especially since you're someone who doesn't ask often that, you know, people would be more than happy to line up and help you all. Thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, it's just hard to be like, take my burden. You know, and I, the funny thing is we talk about it all the time on the show and I feel like I'm always telling people, ask people for yeah, yeah. help, but I don't always practice what I preach. But um, I appreciate that. And I'm feeling there, uh, there is nothing like the sense of love you feel when people help you. Like it yes. is, I feel so just like hugged from my community here. So um, thank you all. That's, <laughs> that's where we are. Well... With all that good news, look at all that good news. We have so much freedom, vaccinations, community helping. Yes. <laughs> it seems like a great way all the to kick off, <laughs> kick off the holidays, right? This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are going to start, though, with our first listener question, which is being read, as always, by the fascinating Shasha Leonard. Dear Mom and Dad, my one-and-a-half-year-old hates taking a bath or getting her face washed. She screams and cries and refuses to even sit down in the bath. She used to love bath time. We've tried toys, food coloring, bubbles, bath in a sink, but nothing works. When she's playing outside, she loves splashing in the water. But once we're inside, water is a terrifying thing. Help! Sincerely, bath time is a nightmare. Well, I wish I had more solid advice for you because we struggle with hair washing to this day at times in a way that I feel might be a little bit more profound than what other kids are dealing with. But I am curious to know, letter writer, like what changed? At one point, your kid loved bath time and then it stopped. So was there an incident in which maybe the water was too hot and she got, you know, it, it was uncomfortable or did she have an accident in the bathtub? Like try if you can. I know it's hard because the one and a half year old can't really communicate so much to identify what might be the source of the bad time trauma, if that's possible. 
talk to her about water, you know, like play in the water where maybe you're on your knees and she's standing and you all are just playing with toys in the bathtub, you know, like let her reacclimate herself with that space because something changed for her. I think it's good that at one point this was something that she used to love and maybe she just wasn't old enough to be scared yet. There's a possibility that she can be welcomed back into it. You know, what are the things that she likes doing with water outside? You know, like, are you doing these things during bad time? I know you're saying you've tried everything and doesn't seem to be working, but I would try uh, first reacclimating her to the bathtub without it being a bath. You know, like there's bubbles in here, there's food coloring. We're just here. You don't have to get all the way in. And also, maybe there's something that you can put inside the bathtub if your tub is large enough and if she'd still fit, like a bath seat. You could even maybe find like a plastic chair for a a child her size, you know, that can get wet so that she's not directly in the bathtub and you can run water over her and she can get used to being in that space. And maybe that will help her to feel more comfortable there. That's all I've got. What do you all think? I love this idea of reacclimation. And that, Mm -hmm. like, something must have changed. I think that's such a good way to look at it. Like, in in, it's time for some indoor water play. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not a bath. I love that. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of building on what Jamila was saying. I wonder if, like, if you just got in the bath parent solo and just have them not in the bath. You have, like, they they kind of get to, to watch you and watch you have a ton of fun and get a little, you know, FOMO or jealousy. And, and you're just showing them you're willing to go in, like you're not getting burned. You're not getting, you know, freezed by the water, whatever, whatever it was that happened, but you're loving it. Um, so just kind of make it so fun that they just want to join you. But also, you know, it's quite possible that you've tried this. My friend, her kid will only let her shampoo him if he's wearing goggles. Um, maybe if you just kind of like make your bathtub like the community pool, you know, and talking about toys like bring in a floaty put goggles on them one and a half might be a little young for goggles but i mean you might be desperate try it so yeah just like bring the beach into the bath the bathtub you know bring the pool into the bathroom bring summer into it and also one and a half i I don't know where they're at with screens but i found this um it's like an animated show called jacques Cousteau's ocean tales um so maybe you like put that on the iPad, you know, not too close to the water. It got it got good ratings on Common Sense Media, and like you're looking at fish and marine life, and you know you're 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 having you're having fun. You're, you're like in the life fun. aquatic. <laughs> I love this octonauts. Octonauts would be a good for this for this adventure as well. Okay, I'm gonna give an unpopular opinion. Just stop pu- pushing the bath. They don't need to be washed that often. <laughs> I if it is a huge fight, just stop. <laughs> I mean, they need to be washed some, but there are other ways to wash your kid, a soap and a washcloth. I, I think all of these ideas are are great and you should do these to reacclimate into the bath and to try to do this. But I am just a big believer that if something is causing a huge problem in your routine, see if you can cut it out for a bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, in bathe. full disclosure, yes, we are just not a... a 
the children don't bathe very often. Like we bathe enough. And obviously Henry now needs to bathe more. He's nine and he gets dirtier and taking care of his body. But these little ones don't get that dirty. They smell and so I mean, good you, no matter what. You can clean their bums and you can clean the parts that get dirty using a washcloth or the kitchen sprayer or any of those things. Their hair doesn't really get that dirty if you get something in it. Sometimes if their hair's real short, you can even just wash it with a washcloth. Those bath puppets were big because they hold enough mm-hmm. water to just kind of get the get the head clean. Um, I know a lot of people are daily, we give our kids daily baths. That's totally cool. We just have never, never done that. I'm, I believe in all the good, healthy bacteria. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's disgusting. I love all these ideas though. And think you can do that simultaneously (laughs) with my idea, which is like making bath time fun again before you make it kind of this chore. And I do also wonder, like, are you always doing the baths before bed? And so if that is the case, Mm. is the protest the bed you're getting the bedtime protests mixed in with the bath time protests so maybe if you can also move the bath time reacclimation to more of like playtime or in the morning or when you know they're in a really good mood as opposed to like at the end of the day when most kids are just like done most parents are just done so you have such a lower tolerance for like Hmm. the protest i also just think release yourself from this burden that is daily baths if they are screaming (laughs) elizabeth where do you do the sponge baths So when they were little, we did them. We had like a bigger kitchen sink. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also done them in the bathtub, but without water. So I think you could do them in the shower too. I think it depends what you have. Um, I had, we don't have in this house, but in our Florida house, we had like the shower that came off. So they could be in the bathtub and I was controlling when the water was on and off and where the water was. But if they're small too, like they usually fit in the kitchen sink. So you can just kind of sit them by the sink. And if it gets if it gets wet there, right? Like it's that's fine. There's all kinds of things too that block the water from getting in their eyes. We've never used that. I've always just kind of pulled their head back and <laughs> the visor the water, thing. The water to not go into their eye. Yeah. Have you guys ever tried one of those the visors? Uh absolutely. Big old fail. Um we had <laughs> there was one that worked <laughs> okay mind. when she was a baby, but it uh it was so much work to like kind of hold the visor. At the same time as holding the water that it, it you know, it, it, it was kind of a pain. Is Naima's hair washing a nightmare? Like she does. Yeah. <laughs> does she not like the water in her eyes or it's, it's just like the whole process? Is... <sighs> it's, it's the water in the eyes and the detangling. Naima has a lot of hair. It's curly. It gets very tangled, you know, especially if she's worn it down even once, which she always wants to do and which we never let her do. But even with it in braids somehow, it's just and she's very sensitive to discomfort, you know, very sensitive. Yeah. Hair washing is a nightmare. I've, I've wanted to do it in the sink. And she's like, where my neck will hurt. Do you remember the last time we did that? And my neck was hurting. I was like, okay, I forgot. I thought it was easier, maybe. Um, so what we do is she sits in the bathtub. I take down the shower head and um, struggle. <laughs> and just struggle. Just struggle. Is, she, is she better after the detang? like with any doing after the detangling? Or it's like the whole process? It's kind of a bummer from beginning to end. I will say she asked me to put on Protect Your Neck by the Wu-Tang Clan last time and it played about eight times while I washed her hair but it calmed her down. So I think there that you go, letter writer. Listen to that. Put that yeah. music on. Put on Protect Your Neck. Get the clean version uh, and, and hopefully your little one will Pun intended there? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. The clean version. 
the clean version. Oh, Sorry. Gosh. The requisite Otherwise, dad joke. I apologize. You know, listen, you could have another eight years <laughs> of hating bath time. Sorry. <laughs> hope that just might. Hope that doesn't happen. It's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Well, bath time is a nightmare. Thank you for writing in. Hopefully we've given you some ideas. Maybe we've also made you feel like this is going to go on forever and we apologize for that. We would love to know, though, how you made it work. And I know we actually had another bath time question that was on the Facebook group that got lots of suggestions. You can also go check that out or let us know how your new bath time routine is going. For the rest of you, help us help you. Send us your parenting dilemma at slate.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The holidays are quickly approaching, which means many of us will be traveling and gathering to celebrate. While COVID vaccines for kids are available, most kids will not be fully vaccinated before Thanksgiving, and the littlest ones are still not eligible. So how do we keep our kids healthy as the holidays return? Joining us to answer all of our questions is Dr. Syra Madad. Dr. Madad is an infectious disease epidemiologist at Harvard's Belfer Center for Science and International Affairs and the NYC hospital system. Welcome, Dr. Madad. Thank you so much for having me on. We're so glad you're here, and we really want to start with the holidays. This holiday season is going to look a little different than last year, but we're still not really back to normal. So how should we approach the holidays this time around? Well, I think the first is we want to continue to be vigilant. The pandemic is still uh, in in full swing. It's better than it was last year. So if we were to just compare this time last year, we were averaging double the amount of cases per day. So about 160,000 new cases per day. And now certainly we are up in the upswing of new infections per day. So now we're averaging about 80,000 currently. So it's not where we want to be, especially before the holiday time when we know people tend to get together, mixed families, indoors, and that's exactly where the virus loves to thrive. It loves to thrive in indoor environments with uh, a number of individuals coming together, poor ventilation, crowded spaces, things like that. So those are ideal scenarios. But we're also in a much different time and place than we were last year because we have safe and effective vaccines. We have better and more accessible testing capabilities. We're much more attuned to risk reduction techniques so we can help reduce the risk and help make gatherings safer. So it's, it's great to know that we can do that now. What would you say are the top three things or so we can be doing to keep the kids safe at family gatherings? 
Great question. If I were to just choose a three, I think the number one would be vaccination. Really, really important. So vaccination, what does vaccination provide? Well, it provides protection at the individual level. It also provides protection at the community or the family level. So if you're having a gathering, it's not only going to protect you from, you know, getting exposed, contracting and, you know, suffering from severe illness. It'll also help prevent you from spreading it to others. So vaccination is key. That's number one. The second is testing. So regardless of of your vaccination status, whether you're partially vaccinated, fully vaccinated, or you're not vaccinated at all, is really to get tested. Um, my recommendation is to get tested three days before the gathering and the day of the gathering. If you can only do one testing, I would say prioritize the day of the gathering. And this will tell you whether you're actively infected. And if you are, that means don't get together with other people, stay home, yep. isolate, seek healthcare services, let your provider know but don't get together with other individuals. And the third that I would say is masking. Um, and it complements vaccination. So we're now, you know, in a time where depending on where you're living, there's still a lot of virus spreading in our communities. And if you're indoors, that's another high risk situation. So masking, regardless also of your vaccination status is great. If everybody in your family is vaccinated, um, then masking becomes less important. But if you have a mix of vaccinated and unvaccinated or people um, haven't been tested before time or ahead of time, go ahead and make sure that individuals are masking. And that becomes a little bit more difficult because holiday times is when people eat. Obviously, you're not going to mask when you're eating. So just have good ventilation. So if I were to pick four, I would definitely try to squeeze in that ventilation because uh, that's really important as well. I was thinking of families where there's a child or children that are old enough to be vaccinated and kids that are not young and um, rather that are too young to have the vaccine and how eager some of us have been to get on the road, to go to family gatherings, to see people that we haven't been able to see. So what if I've got, you know, a house full of vaccinated adults and vaccinated children, but we've also got these little ones that are unvaccinated? What are some of the things that we should be thinking about? Or should we be bringing um, unvaccinated children to family gatherings at all? Well, you know, I think that if you're in a gathering where there's everybody that you know is vaccinated, then the chance of transmitting, you know, the virus is much, much lower. Because once first, when you're vaccinated, your chance of even getting infected is much lower than compared to a, a, an unvaccinated person. And then your chance of even spreading it is also lower. So I would feel much more comfortable. And I am in that situation. I have a kind of a mix in my family. I have all the adults vaccinated, my two children between the ages of five and 11, they have their vaccination appointments um, this week. But then I also have a one and a half year old that's not eligible. And we do plan on getting together with uh, other family members in the holidays. And I'm just making sure everybody that's around her is also vaccinated. And that if we can couple that with testing, that would make me even more comfortable. You mentioned testing, but there's all sorts of different kinds of tests. It, does it matter which kind we're getting? Like, for example, in Co I live in Colorado. They actually sent everybody these home tests. Is that okay to test? Do I need to be going to get a PCR test? Like, what yeah. should we be doing? <laughs> so when we look at rapid, rapid antigen tests, those, uh, these tests are great, but I like to do it um, twice because it'll give me that assurance that, yes, the result that I'm getting is truly whether it's negative or positive. And that's where I had mentioned that if you're going to, for example, get a rapid test, do it on day, like basically three days before the event and then the day of, or two days before the event and the day of. And that way you know that the result is at least pretty close to being a very, very very accurate. And these tests are typically accurate because they do tell you when you're most infectious. PCR tests, 
test, as we know as the golden standard, they may not be, uh, you know, as um, when I say accessible, um, it's, you know, you would have to go to a clinic, for example, or you would have to send your specimen in and it can take 24 to 48 hours, but they actually do have rapid PCR tests. So my child actually got in, um, ha- came down with a runny nose and a cough um, last week um, and I had to get them, uh, get them tested for COVID-19. And as a working mom, I knew I couldn't, you know, take off 48 hours from work. And so I went to the nearest clinic that did the 24 hour rapid PCR test and I got the result, you know, within 24 hours. Uh, Luckily, he was negative, but those are also options. They're a bit harder to find. And you have to see if your insurance covers it, because that was one thing that they also told me is, hey, you know, just make sure there may be a a copayment, but we just want to let you know as an FYI. So see what's being offered. Dr. Madad, a dozen and a half of us are going to my mom's. It's cold. We're in Michigan. What do you think about opening the doors and windows and just like layering up? Is that going to make a difference, you think? For ventilation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ventilation uh, is key. And I think that's the one thing that we unfortunately learned a little bit late in this pandemic is how important ventilation is or bringing in fresh air. air. And so it could be as simple as opening doors and windows um, in the place that you're gathering indoors. But if you have kids, like for example, my one and a half year old, I wouldn't feel comfortable opening a door or window because I'm afraid she's going to fall out. And so in those types of situations, um, you can get a a portable HEPA filter and that can also help with, you know, filtering out um, the the air. And these are much more accessible. You can go to a local pharmacy and sometimes they have it. I went to my local grocery store and I actually bought a portable HEPA filter myself, um, as well as a rapid, you know, antigen test. So they're they're more easier to find now. Good to know. I have a question about cold season, uh, which we're also in the thick of. When it comes to the flu shot, what are your thoughts about kids getting both the COVID vaccine and their flu shot on the same day? Is that something that needs to be split up? Is it based on the kid's temperament? The good news is you can do co-administration of a COVID-19 vaccine with, let's just say, a flu shot or any other routine immunizations that your child may need. So you can get it at the same time. They'll use different locations. And if your child can tolerate it, it's even you know, even better. So I know with, with my kid, it's a really big challenge to get that one shot and then to get that two, the second shot um, is, is sometimes even worse. And so um, for me, sometimes I would um, space it out. But also, if I'm pressed on time, I would just do it in the same appointment and you have the luxury to do that. So it's more of a uh, personal choice of what you feel comfortable with. What are some things we need to be reminded to keep in mind uh, with trying to discern between is this COVID, is this a cold, or is this the flu? Well, I mean, I was in that same boat just last week. My my kid came home with a runny nose and cough and he was negative for COVID. And so sometimes it is hard to tell whether they have, let's just say, the common crud that's going around or flu or COVID. And the best way to tell is obviously to get tested. But I think the general rule of thumb is if you feel sick, do not get together. So regardless of whether you think you have the flu, whether you have a common cold or COVID, if you're not feeling well, do not get together with other people. And if you would like to get tested to find out, you know, which, you know, virus, for example, you may have, um, go ahead and obviously find, the, you know, an area that can do t- testing. And there are places that actually can test you for both at the same time using essentially the, the same specimen. So that's also an option. But if you want to give your healthcare provider a call and say, hey, you know, I want to get tested. Um, they can also provide some guidance. But the best way is obviously is to get tested to see which one you have. But stay home and don't expose yourself to other people. I feel like we all just have this feeling that we want COVID to be over, right? Like we just want the pandemic to be over. But it just it, it really seems like 
it's actually more here to stay. And we're going to have to kind of learn to live with it as it evolves. How can we prepare our kids for life with COVID? Yeah, that's a great question. It's something that I think all of us that are part of the actual COVID response are, are getting is when is this going to be over? And what does the end look like? And I think generally, you know, the the pandemic is not going to end in a bang. It's going to end in a whimper. So no one's going to make a big announcement saying the pandemic is over uh, because we know this virus is going to be with us, you know, um, moving forward. But it'll look very different because right now we're in the acute phase of the pandemic where we're seeing 80,000 new infections per day. We have 47,000, uh, you know, for example, individuals, you know, hospitalized, over a thousand deaths. That's not um, living with the virus. That's, that's more of the emergency phase that we're still dealing with. And so when we transition transition into the endemic phase, and it's hard to tell when and if, you know, we're going to transition, um, whether it's going to happen anytime soon and over the next year. I think we're getting there, but I think it's really hard to predict exactly the time frame. But I will say, Right now, looking at the current stats, that's not being endemic. Um, when we look at a disease uh, or a virus being endemic, it's something that uh, will be with us, but it's not going to cause as much morbidity and mortality as it currently does. It's not going to overwhelm hospitals and strain healthcare workers as it, it is right now. Um, so I think we're getting there because of vaccinations. And if you actually look at where some of these um, hotspots are occurring, you are seeing that in you know places where... They have generally a high vaccination rate within communities. They're fairly protected. Um, but I think the other uh, thing to also understand is when you are in an area with high community transmission, even if you're vaccinated, you're going to see more breakthrough cases that are going to contribute to the case count. And so I'd like to look at hospitalizations and see what do hospitalizations look like and, and, and how is that changing um, over time. So uh, luckily, I think the data is a little bit more comforting that hospitalizations generally are steady and going down. But that may change because, you know, I think one thing that we we all understand is we need to be humble in this pandemic and forecasting and predicting how this virus is going to react is a little bit different. But what we can control is that human behavior. Um, and I think that's really important to emphasize. One thing I was curious about was what the data is telling us now about unvaccinated kids and hospitalizations. Yeah, well, I think if you look generally, so right now, if we just look at, you know, um, all children, for example, uh, under the age of 18. So from the beginning of this pandemic, we've had, you know, over 6 million uh, cases reported. Um, and if we're just looking at, for example, over the, the past, you know, week or so, we've seen over 100,000 new cases being added. And children are representing about 27% of all weekly reported cases. So children are unfortunately getting infected. They are spreading the virus. Um, they are experiencing long COVID or post-COVID conditions. And so this is something that I think that we need to continue to be very vigilant on. And as I look and I discuss the impact of this virus, I usually look at it from the direct impact and the indirect impact. So the direct impact is it is translating into hospitalization. It is translating into, you know, children dying from from this now preventable disease for those over the age of five where we have a vaccine for. It is translating into kids having this post-COVID condition. And the indirect impact is on their social circles, on schooling, uh, decreased activity. And so I think it's important as we talk about, for example, vaccination and preventing these types of impacts. It is through vaccination and it's through these preventative measures that we can help reduce their risk. 
Is there anything about COVID that parents are just still getting wrong after all this time? Like, is there just one thing you're like, ah, I just keep coming across this and it's been almost two years and we still don't know that. Just one big misconception that you'd like to clear up? So I think the biggest that I often hear uh, from so many folks is that children are not uh, affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. And we have learned and we now have data to show that children not only are infected, but they can also spread the virus. So before, you know, we didn't have enough data to show that they were actually able to also spread it as much as adults. But now we actually have science and data that show that not only are they likely to get infected, they're just as likely as an adult to actually spread the virus to others. And so, you know, it's really important that we, we do emphasize, you know, the science that we have learned, what the data is showing us so that parents and care- caregivers can make informed decisions on how to protect their loved ones. Before we finish up, we just want to ask you what you're looking most forward to this holiday season. Yeah, you know, for for me, I think there's two things. First, I am looking forward to getting my two boys who are eligible for vaccination now to get vaccinated. So this week, I'm definitely looking forward uh, to that vaccination appointment. I'm also looking forward to getting together with my family. Uh, It's been a while since we've all gotten together. Um, My daughter is, you know, going to be turning two and I actually had her January of 2020. And my story in a nutshell is um, I was monitoring the the pandemic from December 31st when I contacted our local health department saying, hey, what should we be doing differently in healthcare systems? Um, And I delivered my baby uh, two weeks uh, after that. And then I went to work a week later. It's been like nonstop. And so it'll be great to have my family together and to spend some time with her um, as as well. So I'm looking forward to that. And, and I am planning on, you know, having my gathering safer by the risk reduction measures that I shared with you earlier. Dr. Madad, thank you so much for joining us. I, I just feel like hopefully we've set people up to be able to have a a safer holiday season and still, like you say, get to gather and and see people, but, um, you know, without increasing our risk. Absolutely. We can do it safer together. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you. (laughs) Anytime. All right. Well, now we're on to recommendations. Jamila, what do you have for us? I'm super excited about a new book that I got for Naima called Root Magic by Eden Royce. Uh, it takes place in 1963 uh, in South Carolina against the backdrop of school integration. It deals with a family that uses African-American folk magic, um, oftentimes referred to as hoodoo. These are Gullah Geechee people. There's actually been talk about uh, the Gullah Geechee people of South Carolina in the news recently because their land is being taken over by tourists and they're being pushed out. And um, that's a region where free African-Americans gathered during slavery and had independent community. And they've got a really rich and interesting cultural tradition. And this is just a super cool book that deals with the supernatural and love and family and all types of cool stuff. And I'm really excited for Naima to dive into it. So if you're looking for a chapter book, for a big reader, um, it's recommended for ages 8 to 12, uh, Root Magic by Eden Royce. Super cool. That sounds really cool. And actually right up Henry's alley. So I'm going to yeah, maybe we'll pick that up for our trip. Sounds Zach, great. Zach, what do you have for us? This is a kind of peripheral parenting recommendation, but I find that whenever I can kind of declutter my head and house, I, I can parent better. And I've been on a kick of just unsubscribing to most things 
like my inbox is full of shit. Mm-hmm. I guess I subscribe to at least a fair portion of this stuff at some point because it's, you know, it's serving my hypothetical interests, but it's like, I don't have time. I, I aspire to be a kind of zero inbox person. I'm sometimes there, but 90% of the stuff I get now is crap. So I've, I've just been on a tear um, today, just unsubscribing left and right. And just the, the act of clicking that un- unsubscribe feels really good. I recommend it. I feel like around the holidays too, it gets so much worse. Like any mailing list you're on is going to hit yep. you up now. Yep. Pre-Black Friday, pre-pre-Black Friday. <laughs> Enough already. I know. I'm in that deep because to get any like free homeschool printable, you, you have mm. to sign up for the newsletter. And so I, what I did is I created a whole nother Gmail account, which I only use to subscribe to things and I never check it. So That's a nice hack. <laughs> I just don't. Who knows? If you're emailing me on that, Sorry, I don't check it. Suckers. Um, yeah, yeah, suckers. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, it's only a problem when you accidentally put that one for like the school or something. Right. And then, then that's trouble. <laughs> so don't then do that. Well, I am, I'm coming to you with a full out new camp recommendation. We are growing mushrooms <laughs> in our kitchen and it's awesome. I am using a kit from Back to the Roots. We got their mini mushroom growing kit. Wow. Um, and it's awesome. It's like happens super fast. It's fun. You water it kind of like a plant. You wow. grow. They have all different kinds you can grow. And then it has like recipes. And, all different and kinds, stuff. Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, all different kinds of mushrooms. I'm only, I'm, I'm not growing those kind of mushrooms, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm growing ones we're going to add into I don't remember what it told me to do with them fry them or something we set up a like a time-lapse camera overnight and could actually see them growing wow. it was super cool because they double once they come out of their I don't like their spores um, you kind of water them and then you set the box up once they start you set the box up vertically and then they double every day in size so even Ooh. if you just set it up for like two hours or something your time-lapse you can actually see them I'm moving, which is super cool. So we, we, despite everyone wanting to water them all the time, they've grown pretty successfully and they don't, you can grow them inside in any weather because they need just indirect lights. You just set them on your counter and grow them. So I highly recommend it. It'd be a fun project when you have everybody home over the holidays and you're kind of wondering what to do. Let them, let them grow some mushrooms and then serve them, (laughs) serve them to your family. Very cool. Everyone go grow, go grow your own food. (laughs) It's not very much food, but. That's it for our show. Before you go, please subscribe to the show. And if you have a question for us, you can always email us at slate.com or of course, post it to the Slate Parenting Facebook group. Just search for Slate Parenting. Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson. For Zach Rosen and Jamila Lemieux, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening. 